Dharma Bites is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for your life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. Thank you and happy listening. So first of all, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. And this is a story question. Who's the greatest warrior from the Fellowship of the Ring? Frodo. No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's not meant to be a completely call and, a call and shout thing. So <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> That's all right. So let's go through them. Is it, is it Glimly? Is it Glimly with his badass ass, axe wandering around with a beard? Kind of being, you know, being a dwarf. Dwarfs are great warriors, surely. That much, that's obvious, isn't it? It must be him. Is it? Who else have we got? Well, Boromir. Boromir's a great warrior of men, but he ends up dead at the end of the first movie, so it can't be him. <laughs> what about Legolas? Legolas is pretty badass, isn't he? Like, you remember that bit in the third movie where he kills the elephant with, kills the big elephant monster. Like, that's, that's a pretty hardcore warrior. Or is it? What about Gandalf? Gandalf's wise, but he's a wizard. Can you be a wizard and a great warrior at the same time? That's a bit, that's a bit confusing. Maybe it's Aragorn. After all, Aragorn ends up the king. He's the king of men. He's the guy who, in the extended version, kind of cuts off that evil dude's head right at the end, and they have that big battle outside the gates of Barad-dûr. Is it him? Leave you to wonder about that one. We'll come back to it in a bit. So, why be a warrior? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk in. I've got a few stages. Basically, I'm gonna talk about why. Basically, I'm gonna talk about why, and then I'm gonna talk about how, and then I'm gonna finish off with a little bit of kind of more personal stuff, or a bit more kind of. I'll end up drawing it all together. So, fairly straightforward. So why be a warrior? This, this, well, this talk and I believe Buddhism and the Dharma in general all centre around a single statement, which if you disagree with, um, well, I, think, I don't think any of you will disagree with it. Let's hope not. And that statement is, life has meaning. That is a basic, that's a basic uh, principle that Buddhism, uh, that the Dharma is based upon. Life has meaning. We do not live in a random, mechanicalistic universe. Our, our experience of consciousness, no matter how complex that may be, no matter the mystery of it, is not reducible to science. Even once, you know, who knows what they're mapping at the moment. They mapped the genome and they said that would make sense of human experience. They then said, oh no, actually, it's the interaction between the genomes. Once we've got that mapped, then we will understand humanity. No, they will not. They will be able to do amazing things with that information. They will be able to use it to incredible good advantage for all of us and potentially for ill advantage as well. But that will not describe life. That will not... Because you can't. Because you cannot pin life down. But life does have a meaning. Maybe that's something you can explore in your groups. First of all, like whether you agree with it or not, maybe you don't. Maybe you do believe consciousness is an epiphenomena of mind, to use that expression. By which I mean that 
Yeah, there's just we are just we're just an array of chemical and um, electrical pr- processes firing off, and we just wander around doing stuff, and then we die. So yeah, you can explore that. So, for Dharma, Buddhism, and of course, all my, many many other aspects of human, many other human systems of thought and ways of exploring life, all agree with that this basic statement. This is not the exclusive preserve of Buddhism. As much of what I'm going to be saying saying isn't. It's it's sort of it's more it's broader than that. It's more deep than that. It's more human than that. So life has meaning. Well, what is the meaning of life? Well, that's a much more complex question, which I'm certainly not going to endeavour to answer. Maybe it's better to say that life is meaningful and leave what the meaning is up to all of us to work out, which ultimately is what we need to do. But I'm going to, I'm going to lay out two broad categories of meaningfulness that I'm going to explore in this talk. The first one is that life is meaningful because of other people and higher values. Whichever, both of those, both of those, they kind of, they they interlace with each other. So other people, higher values. Basically, it's not just about us. It's not just our little lives, doing what we want, when we feel like it, trying to get as much pleasure as we can, trying to avoid as much pain as we can. There is more to life than that. And as I, yeah, and as I say, those two sort of overlap each other. And the second reason that I supposition, well, the Buddha suppositions that life is meaningful is because of the possibility of growth and development. So again, this, this overlaps with higher values. So there is, there is more to being a human being than simply eating, sleeping, getting a job, going to work, getting a pay rise, having babies. Although actually that in itself is, is growth and development, so that's not necessarily... Uh, in denial of this truth. Basically, there is somewhere to go. We can become more than what we are at this moment. And that can be expressed in loads of different ways. In a way, I'm not so bothered about the expressions. Like, obviously, the Buddhist tradition expresses that through the ideal of enlightenment. But I want to stay broad from that. It's just the possibility of human growth and development. So those are the two reasons why we may choose or may seek or may need to become a warrior. But we need to go into that a bit more. Why, why, do these, why does the supposition that life is meaningful, why does, that, why does that require us to become a warrior? Why does that ask us to become a warrior? Well, let's start off with doing it for others. So let's come back to the Lord of the Rings. Who's the greatest warrior in the Lord of the Rings? Well, for me, it's quite obviously and categorically Sam. Good. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. <laughs> so why is Sam the greatest warrior of the Lord of the Rings? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It is, and I tell you this for me. This is the emotional centre point of the three movies. It's the key moment. So we're we're getting towards the end of the first movie. Bilbo, uh, Bilbo, Frodo has gone off and looked for the word. He's had the encounter with the ring-obsessed Boromir, who fails. He's met Aragorn, who passes but cannot help him. And he's going to Mordor alone to cast the ring into the crack of doom. And he's out on the boats, paddling out across the river. And Sam comes down onto the shore and calls after him. 
And Sam says, Frodo, Frodo, wait for me. And Frodo says, no, I'm going. And Sam says, no, you must wait for me, and wades out into the water. And Frodo calls back, Sam, you can't swim. And Sam keeps on going into the water, out beyond his death, and starts to drown. And at that point, Frodo comes back and pulls him out of the water. So that moment, Sam has become a warrior. He had probably become a warrior before that, but in that moment, he secured his position as the greatest warrior in Middle-earth because he did not want to be there. He did not want to do that, but he did. He did it for his friend, and that's what makes us a warrior. We do what we do not want to do, where we do not want to go, we go. So for me, that's the, the, most, the strongest and most evocative scene in that movie because it so clearly uh, evokes that, that moment, that moment of heroism, which I, have, I find personally, I find the most strongly moving uh, moment of human consciousness, actually. I don't know about you, about you, but I find again and again, time and time again, particularly in cinema, there's moments when that, when, that's, when that human state, that human moment of consciousness is evoked. I, find, I consistently find myself moved to tears, sometimes in quite embarrassing films. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember Ice Age 2. There's a particular scene in Ice Age 2 when one of the mammoths kind of, you know, kind of has that moment of heroism. He does what he doesn't want to do for someone else, and he's drowning or something. I think it's drowning as well, actually. And I, you know, I'm, I'm moved to tears by Ice Age too, because he's because a being is a being is doing what they do not want to do for the benefit of others. What what higher expression of human spirit can there be? Well, I leave that to for you to explore in your groups. But for me, that is the highest ex expression of human spirit. Yeah, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, but I will. So I find it quite interesting that I find that so moving because it's not, I wouldn't necessarily expect that to be the case. Sanganista last night mentioned this book, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. I have to say, I don't particularly like the book. I've tried to read it at least three times. and I've never managed to read about more than half of it yet, probably put together. So I've never been into this book, yet there's something about what it's talking about which deeply resonates for me. So I say that in some ways, just to, if you're thinking, oh God, they're going to be banging on about this book all the time and I don't get it and I don't care, well, kind of look for your own ways in. Kind of feel that's what I've had to do. So yeah, so doing it for others, going, going where we don't want to go, doing what we don't want to do, but doing it for our friends. Obviously strongly evoked in war movies as well. But what about, so doing it for higher values? I think that's, there's, a, there's an overlap here. So doing it for higher values, our sense of truth, justice, uh, human dignity, what is right? I think this is another reason why we might step onto the path of a warrior. And often this will be interlaced with the, uh, with the other. So it's, it's, it's very hard to sort of, you know, act, you know, be a warrior for truth. You being, that's going to be in relation to other people. So these two definitely overlap. So I'll tell you a story from my own life to illustrate this point. So 
probably somewhere between about 10 and 12 years ago when we were still scallywagging around Colchester and although practicing Buddhism, still drinking and all of that. I, I was at a club night in the Colchester Arts Centre. Maybe some of you know it. And I was there with a whole bunch of friends, some of whom were interested in Buddhism, some of whom weren't. And we were there having a moderately good time. Didn't particularly enjoy it, as I remember. But And as I say, there was a whole bunch of people there. There was one of my mates who I'm actually quite critical of. I think there's things that he does which I really don't agree with. And he had his girlfriend there, who I don't particularly like. (laughs) (laughs) But nonetheless, the story gets better. (laughs) So we're there, we're kind of bopping away. It's a bit of a, a cheesy night. And I'm there with this girl. We're kind of dancing away at the front. And her boyfriend's off somewhere else, probably getting stoned or something like that. I don't know. And there's two big, slightly aggressive, tattooed guys. Maybe, maybe they're squaddies. I can't remember. Anyway, they start hitting on, on this girl, who I know. And I'm quite uncomfortable in fact, as time goes on, I become increasingly uncomfortable. It's quite complex because it's like, well, I don't know this girl very well. I know she's in a relationship. I don't know how happy she is in this relationship. Maybe she quite likes big butch squatty guys hitting on her. Who knows? But nonetheless, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel okay, actually. This does not feel okay. So I start, I, but they're definitely like, they're definitely, I don't know how much taller than me they are, but they're definitely twice as wide as me, and there's two of them, and there's just me and this girl. So I'm sort of here dancing away, and I start kind of doing this, this gesture, this what we call a mudra, which, and it's the mudra of fearlessness, it's the mudra of conviction. That picture of Tara there, she's doing it there. So it's, you're kind of, you're saying, and it's, it's important because it's not, it's not a push, it's not kind of get out of my face, but it's just like, it's kind of, it's more grounded that, as saying, well, don't, there's something about this that isn't okay. It's like, you want to change the situation. It's a mudra of action, but not forceful action. I'm doing this, and sort of, like I'm dancing around, kind of like doing this, so, you know, kind of psychically saying, back off, guys. <laughs> Leave her alone. She's not into this. Um, maybe my Buddhist mind powers weren't strong enough in that moment. Maybe they were too drunk to be able to pick on it, but nonetheless, they carried on hitting on her. <laughs> um, in fact, they were probably getting worse. And so at a certain point, a, cr- a crucial moment arose where, what am I going to do? They're not going to stop, so I've got two choices in this moment. Either I go somewhere else, or I do something. Yeah? So if I go somewhere else, I go somewhere else with the knowledge that I've run, that, I've, uh, that I'm afraid and that I've not expressed my values. I've not lived the life that I seek to leave, live. And in that moment, I couldn't do that, basically. So I stepped in, whatever that meant in that moment, I stepped in. And basically, I said something along the line of, uh, guys, I don't think she wants you to do that. <laughs> and surprisingly enough, they weren't that impressed by that either. <laughs> but I said, who are you then? And I'm like... I'm her friend. And they're like, her friend? Well, you're not her boyfriend. You're not her brother. Don't tell us what to do. And remember, two of them, twice as wide as me, tattoos, Friday night, drunk. Colchester's a a garrison town, so you've got quite a high incidence of drunk squaddies. Uh, This is probably the time around the time if they went into Afghanistan, so they're probably back on leave, pissed up, looking to relieve some tension. So it's like, guys, I really want you to leave her alone. And... Miracle of miracles, they didn't beat me up and they did leave her alone. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> uh, 
and life went on. And I'd be very surprised, I'd be unbelievably surprised if either of them remember that night. I'd be pretty surprised if a girl remembers that night, actually. But I do. I lived, I lived up to my values. I expressed my values. In that moment, I did what I felt needed to be done to stay true to myself. So the reason I cite that as an example is because it gives us the range, yeah? So you've got, you've got Sam, who risks his life to save Middle Earth from the darkness. And you've got me saying to two squaddies, here, mate, can you leave that girl alone? So there's quite, there's quite, there's the whole range of human experience between those two moments. But actually, they illustrate the same point. They illustrate the point where we step up. And that's what it is to be a warrior. We hope you enjoyed today's Dharma Bite. Please help us keep this free. Make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. And thank you.